bidding farewell to a not particularly old and not particularly friendly uh, acquaintance, let's say. Welcome to Handapod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 288 of... It is 288, isn't it? 288 was last week. I don't remember. Sorry, Sam. Of Hand of Pod. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week by Andres Bruckner. Hello, Sam. How are you? Very well, thanks, Andres. How are you? Fine. Having uh, had a little holiday for at least for Hand of Pod, I am fine. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, listeners will already have heard, a lot of you anyway, will already have heard um, a, a small preview episode, it was about 15 minutes long, on Monday, um, which I recorded myself on Sunday night. That is a preview of Hand of Pod Extra, which will be going um, soon onto our Patreon page, which still isn't live just yet, but it will be in the next few days, I promise, um, so that you can start giving us money. It will be one of the available rewards um, there will be a couple of tiers. Not, there's not going to be a one minimum donation set, as it were, so you can donate as little as you want or uh, or can afford. Um, but for people who, who can afford and are willing to donate a little bit more, we're going to give you a couple of reward tiers. Um, that's one of them. The other will be some form of group chat, probably via Facebook. If you have any thoughts on this, please let me know. Um, yes, that was it. Basically, I hope you enjoyed the preview. I'll obviously get better at doing them in the future. It's a bit weird recording on your own when you're so used to having somebody else here with you. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed that and that you will consider supporting us on Patreon when we become um, available to do f- for that to be done for us. If I think that makes sense. Um, very shortly. And now, let's get on with the results from the Superliga weekend just gone. They went as follows. Huracan versus Banfield ended 1-1 in Parque Patricios on Friday evening. Shortly after, in Córdoba, Belgrano and Racing also drew by scoring goals. They finished 2-2 with a fantastic free kick uh, from... Um, Benitez. Thank you, yes. Uh, Marcelo Benitez, is it? Uh, towards the end to equalise for Belgrano. Um, have a look at that one if you haven't seen it already. On Saturday, Newell's Old Boys 2, Tigre 1, Belles Sarsfield 3, Estudiantes de la Plata 3. That sounds like quite a game, which unfortunately I missed all of. Gimnasia y Grima la Plata 1, Argentinos Juniors 3, um, Union de Santa Fe 1, San Martín de San Juan 1, and a slightly surprising result, I thought, Independiente 0, Atlético Tucumán 2 in Avellaneda on Saturday night. On Sunday morning slash afternoon, first half was in the morning, the second was in the afternoon, River Plate came back from 1-0 down to defeat Defensa y Justicia 3-1 in Florencio Barrera. Chacarita Juniors uh, and Arsenal de Sarandí drew 2-2 in a match we'll be talking about very briefly. Patronato then beat Rosario Central 3-0, a result which means that Arsenal 
for the first time are relegated from the top flight of Argentine football after coming up in 2002. Boca Juniors beat Tacheres 2-1 with a 92nd minute winner in the Bombonera. Lanús then lost at home 2-0 to San Lorenzo. And on Monday evening, Olimpo and Tempele drew 1-1 in Bahia Blanca. And Godoy Cruz beat Colón 2-1 in Mendoza to keep up their superb home record. They've lost to Racing, but apart from that, they've won the other nine of their ten home matches so far this Superliga season. Um... Normally, we would start off with, obviously, a, a roundup of the, the top of the table, but that's actually quite boring now, and it's, it's getting increasingly dull. So I think we're going to start off with Arsenal's relegation, since I've just mentioned it. The relegation places themselves are looking quite boring. They were decided very, very early on, really, and we're now starting to get mathematical confirmation um, of some of the teams who are going to be going down. Arsenal were relegated, as I say, on Sunday afternoon. Um, I, I personally, I, I think it's quite highly likely that Olimpo and Tempele and Chacarita will all be relegated this coming weekend, for sure. Um, but uh, what do we make of this? Nobody well, is going to be shedding too many tears over Arsenal. First of all, I, I feel sorry for Santiago, a former member of Handapod. Mm. Uh, I think now he shouldn't be so sad since he's far away and perhaps he's more aware of Australian football than Argentinian. But... Um, it, Talking about the way of play, it was perhaps uh, easy to predict um, the, 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 that they will be relegated, but they, they they kept in the top flight, like you said, for 16 years. So that has some merit, but lately they have been playing very, very awfully. And uh, for the last three seasons, because the, the averages, even when we ask for them to be removed, Gives give you the possibility to to uh, recover from a bad season and through through a better season in the following season, not to be relegated. Well, if you are relegated, that means that you have been awful for three three seasons. Yeah, in this case, and it's four championships because it's the yes. 2015 calendar year season, from which was February to December. Then the 2016 transitional championship, which was the first half of 2016. And then the 2016-17 season and the current 17-18 season. So that is, in total, three and a half years going towards the relegation table. Um, but also, of course, it, it's it's happening under four years since Julio Grandona died. Um, which is, yes. Which is probably not a coincidence. I mean, I remember even Santiago, um, one of the first uh, appearances he made on, on Hand of Pod, said that a lot of Arsenal fans are, are quite... You know they they support the club, but they're, they're quite realistic about the fact that once Grandona goes, it's going to be difficult for Arsenal to stay up, um, and so it has proven because within I mean literally all of the relegation table um, since Grandona's death, oh, except for the 2014 transitional championship that that is not on this table, but all of the other championships since Grandona's death um, have contributed to Arsenal going down. Perhaps it's not a coincidence, but. It, uh, uh, there is an agreement between Grandona having, di- uh, having died and Arsenal playing awfully, uh, mm. playing very badly. And yeah, because it should be remembered that during their spell in the top flight, they were champions of Argentina, they, they won the Copa Sudamericana, um, they won some other slightly more minor or much more minor trophies. Um, they, they were a decent side for a decent amount of time. Yes, they, they were champions uh, of Argentina when they were... They were they were short uh, 
um, short tournaments and um, it was usual for, for teams like them, Argentinos Juniors, uh, well, Banfield to, to be champions. Now appears Boca as the perhaps, well, for sure or almost sure the, the uh, champions for second consecutive uh, time and, and, and as the perhaps now the best team in, in Argentina. 500 years, uh, years, sorry, days as the leaders, like Guillermo Barrasos Clotos says. Mm. So, uh, but at that times it was usual for t teams like them, like those, to, to, to be champions. Yeah, uh, it's you might hear some people, incidentally, listeners, telling you that this is the first time. I doubt that you will hear anybody, to be honest, because I can't imagine that most of our listeners are talking to lots of people about Arsenal, this R&D. Um, but if, if you you know do talk to people about Argentine football on Twitter and, and they're not us, then you might get some of them telling you it's the first time that Arsenal have ever been relegated. It actually isn't. It's the first time they've been relegated from the top flight, but they were relegated in 1984 from the Primera B to the Primera C, which is to say from the... Was the B Nacional in operation at that point? It was, wasn't it? No, I, th I don't think so. Because they won promotion to the Bay Nacional in '92, so that would have been the at the time the second division to the third division, what is now the the third and fourth divisions. Uh, but this was before the Bay Nacional became a thing. We think, um, yes, that is the case, isn't it? That, 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 that's why all this makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's it's not their first relegation; it's their second, but um, their first from the top flight, and it means that now Boca Juniors. And one or two of the clubs who've come up since. Defensively, it was Ticia, must be one. Um, possibly Patronato. Have Patronato been in the top flight before? No. So therefore, Boca, Defensive Ticia. So. Boca, Defensive Ticia, and Patronato are now the only clubs uh, who have never been relegated from the top flight of Argentine football. Obviously, Boca's um, century and a bit in the top flight is slightly more impressive than Defensive Ticia's couple of years and Patronato's nine months ish so far. Um, and talking about um, uh, relegations, <clears throat> I, I, I am a bit surprised. I, I not follow Primera B Nacional a lot, but uh, I heard or I, I watched some uh, pieces of matches in which Quilmes is close to be relegated to the Primera B Metropolitana, mm. which is uh, surprising because Quilmes is a big club uh, and well used to be a lot of the, uh, a year of years in the first division. And now they are close, or if not, they, they haven't been related yet, they are close to, to, to do so. Uh, so, well, to talk a bit more about relegations or almost be, to be relegated. Yeah, they're struggling. I'm, I'm looking at the Premier, uh, at the Bay Nacional um, relegation table now, and it, I think it's the bottom four who go down from this one, isn't it, as well? Um, they're third bottom in it. Um, I think because of the fact they've played fewer games that they can, if they can do what Chacarita need to do, as we'll mention in a minute, and win all their remaining matches, then they might still have a hope of staying up. But it is not looking good for Quilmes, um, unfortunately for them. The other two teams who went down with them, the, the other teams, sorry, four to, uh, three of the other... How many teams went down at the end of last season? Four, wasn't it? It was Quilmes, Aldo Cidia, Atletico de Rafael and Sarmiento. The other three of those yes. um, are in... Are among the top four in the Bay Nacional, with oh sorry in the relegation table in the Bay Nacional. Ha. Yeah. I'm being silly now. I'm forgetting which table I'm looking at. But but they are also Aldo Sibian and Eduardo Rafael are first and second, and Sarmiento seventh. Um, so all of those teams also have some hope. Um, 
in what's a quite tight title race in the Bay Nacional, it has yes. to be said. Um, Sarmiento in seventh, in fact, Instituto in, in eighth, and Juventud Unida de, de um, Guarayuachu uh, in ninth, are all is, on 30 points, and Alba City, the leaders, are on 34. There is four games to some, go. some remarkable things about the Primera B Nacional. I think that there is a team that remains free every weekend, right? Yes, because there are 25 teams in yes. total, yeah. That's right. So you obviously can't play 12 matches with um, 25 teams. Um, so yes, there is always one team left over. It's a bit like the NFL. Two yeah. or three teams always going to buy a week. That's one of the very few things I know about. I, I will have said it, w it is hilarious, but you say this, well, it's more normal. It, it, yeah, it, it, it's not that unusual, but it, it's slightly quirky, let's say. It, it, I suppose it's why leagues tend to have an even number of teams in them, isn't it? Um, yes, it sounds like the 38th to 38th uh, uh, result for the elections in the... Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, well done. Um, so this means then, as we say, Arsenal are down, Chacarita, Olimpo and Tempele effectively have to win all of their remaining matches. Um, the situation for Olimpo and Tempele, that draw that they played out um, on Monday evening, leaves them with which of these is points and which of them is matches played. Right, that's the right way around. So it leaves Olimpo 13 and Tempele 14 points behind Tigre. They have all played the same number of matches as Tigre. Tigre I'm mentioning because they are the bottom of the clubs who are not in the relegation zone. Um, so they're the last ones who can be caught and there are 18 points left to play for so mathematically speaking Olimpo and Tempele can still finish above Tigre, they can still finish above Veles in the uh, relegation table and they Olimpo, if they get incredibly lucky, if they win all of their remaining matches could, if Huracan lose all of theirs, force a playoff with Huracan uh, because Huracan are exactly 18 points clear of them. Patronato um are also still in the danger zone. Obviously, they've played fewer matches, so if they start losing games, then then it counts for a little bit more, as it were, against them. Um, and Chacarita, bizarrely, this is one of the, the fine illustration of, of how weird the Argentine relegation system is. Chacarita, who remained below Arsenal de Sarandí, the already relegated Arsenal de Sarandí, in the relegation table, Chacarita haven't actually been relegated yet, um, because they've played fewer matches than anybody else in the well, certainly in the relegation zone, because the other team who came up alongside them were Argentinos Juniors, who are way up and don't have any problems here. Um, so Chacarita can still finish ahead of Tigre. Um, they can, I think, still finish ahead of Vélez. They're not going to. Yeah. Anyway, it mathematically looks, speaking, it looks it's still possible. Uh, weird since the way they have been playing right now, at, until now, I mean, um, they, they couldn't beat Arsenal mm. uh, as a home condition with Arsenal being with their uh, rope on their well near to uh, asphyxiate them so and also with Chacarita going 2-0 up I and mean, we haven't actually talked about the game yes. but Chacarita went two goals ahead um, with let me just uh, remind myself by bringing the statistics up now um, with goals from as we wait for the internet to load the damn thing a goal quite shortly before, five minutes before half-time by Herman Rey, um, and then a goal very early in the second half by Mauro Matos to make it 2-0, and Chacarita there thought that they were relegating Arsenal right there and then, um, giving themselves some slim hope before Arsenal fought back. Uh, first of all, they had a penalty saved. Lucas Wilches was the guilty party for, for 
failing to score it there. Um, and then Claudio Corbalan pulled one back an hour in. And uh, Sebastian, where's it gone? Sebastian Lomonaco equalised with about eight minutes to go. Um, and they went crazy. That's an L. I managed to catch that bit of the match because I was uh, my girlfriend and I went for a walk and we went to a restaurant for lunch which happened to have that game on the television uh, which is why I was tweeting it if you follow me on Twitter and wondered why I was popped up with 20 minutes to go I mean, told you I was going to be ignoring the game um, so and by all accounts a tremendously entertaining match in fact which I'm not that surprised by the standard awful which is why I didn't bother to watch it but obviously it was a proper relegation dogfight and um, Chacarita were quite determined not to be relegated on the day and they just about managed it. If Arsenal had got another goal, I think Chacarita would have gone down and Arsenal at the moment would still be mathematically just about safe but that was not to be because, as I say, Patronato almost immediately thrashed Rosario Central 3-0. I mean, that's also, having mentioned Atletico Tucumán uh, and their win away to Independiente, this is one of the more surprising results of the weekend as well because Central have been in really good form recently um, Patronato scored early on through Matias Carrido and, and thereafter Matias Quiroga and Adrian Balbo got the other two in the second half um, but they never really gave Central a chance Central never seemed to yes, get out of the box were... they played astonishingly badly yes and well Patronato I, I think I, I saw some sometimes that I didn't like the way Patronato played it's some, something personal that's my opinion it's not something that I well, they, if they win 5-0, well, they were having... They possibly played well, but uh, mm. in this case it was 3-0. But uh, a lot of balls through, through the air and, and, and long uh, crosses. And, and, well, of course, it's effective for them because they they they, they, be, they win. And in this case, it was for a great uh, difference. But, uh, well... Uh, I'm sorry for for Patronato supporters if someone is listening uh, right now, but well, or they if they listen to the episode when it's online. But yes, it's something I I I think and well, uh, uh, if they are safe safe from from relegation, well, well done. Um, but uh, they're, they're direct. I I quite like having them in in the top flight. Um, because it adds a little bit of variety and they're a, a name and a badge and, and a kit and everything that we're not used to seeing. But yeah, they're not necessarily... The, uh, do you like the kit? The prettiest team. Uh, it's not bad. Okay. Black and red stripes. No, but... Uh, to entirely screw they, they play with their pink one. Oh, the kit of the weekend, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of pink kits as well. Any ah. team who are macho enough and secure in their sexuality enough to, to play in a kit like that are absolutely fine by me. Um, and the other thing that we have to applaud them for, I think, regardless of, of whether we like the style of play or not is that Patronato scored three goals and Sebastián Ribas wasn't even in the squad because he was injured. Um, remember, yes. up until a couple of weeks ago, he'd scored like over half of all of their goals this season. So I think that they deserve some applause for beating an in-form Rosario Central um, by three goals without him even being involved. So well done, Patronato, for that. Uh, and also, you know, those of us who aren't Arsenal fans and, and who are neutrals in this and therefore don't really like Arsenal for their links to the Grandonas and whatnot, Thank you for relegating them. But we'll whisper it in case Santi's listening. Sorry, Santi. Um, we will move on to having just said that the relegation run-in looks rather dull now because we don't. Well, we already know who one of the relegated teams are and we practically know who the other three are as well, without really any doubt. We'll move on to an equally dull title race, um, which it would have been nice, not because we're both River sympathisers, but because it makes for a slightly more interesting podcast for the next few weeks 
if we were now about to start talking about uh, Tacheres coming up with a really brave victory in La Bombonera, um, which cut Boca's title um, lead to just three points with 18 points to play for. Unfortunately, for neutral fans, but obviously not for Boca fans, who we're going to be congratulating in a second, congratulations Boca, um, that's not the case. Tacheres, I was... I have to say, I was slightly disappointed by by them. Um, but it, it's perhaps understandable, given what a massive achievement just qualifying for the Copa Libertadores is for a club who were in the third division two years ago? Three years ago? Two, I think. It's difficult to remember because of all the way that we've had so many yeah. transitional six-month championships and the calendar's been bumped around, but certainly within the last three or four years. Um yeah, but you had and the they, match. They were trying to yes. just sort of. I thought that once they got back level, they were happy to try to play for the draw, and they looked like they were going to get it for most of the second half, all of the second half, in fact, until Pablo Perez scored with basically the last touch of the game. Um, and Boca Juniors ended up winning 2 1. Boca, in their last three matches, have turned two draws into victories and one defeat into a draw. So they've, they've gained five points in stoppage time in the last three matches. Similar to the Tigre. Uh, match in in that way in that match, uh, Thierry had scored even closer to the end, which was more epic mm. for the for Boca to score when no one thought they would score. Uh, in this case, it was similar because of the time of the of the uh, in, in which they broke the the, equalizer, uh, the, the the draw and ending with two one same score like Tigre uh, match. But yes, I think that just I I I watched an interview. Uh, that ESPN made, made to, to Kudelka, the, the, uh, Frank Kudelka, the, the coach of Tacheres, saying that it was a nice opportunity, a great opportunity, and they will try to play so, with knowing that, that they, it was a, uh, if they had won, they would have uh, been at three points distance, now they are nine. Yeah. And they didn't play like that. They did not at all. Um, which, considering how positive they've generally been, as I say, it was, it was a bit of a disappointment, and, and it made as well for. And we're not just saying this because Boca lost. It, it was uh, sorry because Boca won. Um, it was just nothing like as as entertaining a match as I was expecting it to be either. I thought both teams are in reasonably good form. Okay, Boca have had a bit of a, a kick in the balls and a kicking from their fans on social media and whatnot because of the defeat in, in the Super Copa against River. But by and large, getting good results and and playing you know like the incoming champions that they definitely are, even though it's not actually definite just yet. Um, yes, the obvious thing is and that the were playing one as well, and they you, just the obvious thing to the obvious thing to say is that uh, Boca doesn't play very well, or at least to the eyes of the ones who watch a match, even perhaps the, any Boca supporter will say this, but neutral supporters or, or people that watches uh, the match perhaps says that uh, Boca doesn't play very well or very nice, but they they win like you said and. Uh, to win the title, the important thing is to win. Every, everyone, every player, every or, or even Guillermo Barros Esqueloto will say this because they are. They, he repeats all the time that they are uh, the leaders of the Argentine football for having the leaders for five hundred de- days and so. And uh, well, you can discuss that because it's, it's true. Uh, of course, you can like or not the way they. They, 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 he manages the team or the way that, that the team plays but that's a reality impossible to discuss it's, it's also to be fair you know when, when he says this to, to counter that okay it's a lot of days but there's been bugger all football actually played during those days because the seasons are so short and I mean, so short in terms of the number of matches played 
Um, so it's, I think they've been top for. There are sixty days. Something like thirty. That there aren't any football played, perhaps. Yeah, that, I mean, um, we've got a twenty-seven round championship at the moment. That's six months. You know, there are fifty-two yes. weeks in a year, and only twenty-seven of them. That's twenty-six is half of fifty-two for those who aren't great at maths. Um, so we've only got half of the year plus one weekend of, of football. Um, and so I think that, that Boca have been top of the league for something like 36 rounds. I haven't looked this up. It's, it's, I read it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm trying to add to the number since I read it. Uh, for something like 36 rounds, which is impressive. I mean, that's almost a whole proper season if you've got a 20-team championship um, with everyone playing everyone else home and away, European style. That would be a 38-week season, wouldn't it? So, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's bad. But to go, oh, it's 500 days when you've not played half of the number of games of, say, an English Premier League team have played in, in that amount of time, um, I think is slightly disingenuous. And talking about Boca itself, uh, not because I am a River fan, but there are having some problems with the team, with the, 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 the dressers and, mm. and how they... The, the, the team well reacted, of course, to the River, uh, the Supercopa uh, they, that they lost against River, which is which was uh, two weeks or so uh, ago. But it's still like a noise there. Uh, yeah, the team captain and the scorer of the winning goal, Pablo Perez, got possibly the least euphoric reception ever from his fans after scoring a 92nd minute winning goal um, because he decided to insult all of them by calling them something homophobic yeah. right in front of the referee interestingly who didn't do anything even though referees are supposed to hand out yellow cards for um, discriminatory language um, but uh, he then said afterwards oh it was only towards one fan um, I swore at the the stand but I was thinking of this this one fan in particular the fan he was thinking of was a fan who had insulted uh, Perez while they were going off the pitch at half time because Perez managed to get himself booked after the half time whistle had gone for protesting to the referee um, which is the most Pablo Perez thing I've ever heard, first yes. of all. It was, it was quite funny. Um, but also, why, why is he arguing? I mean, apart from the fact that it looks absolutely dreadful to celebrate a goal like that, are you suggesting that you weren't an idiot to get booked when the ball wasn't, you know, when the match wasn't even, even happening? Even with the draw, they will have, uh, I don't say secure the, the tournament or, or the, the, that they will be champions, but will, they will have been six points mm. ahead of Tacheres. Um, now they are nine, but uh, it, it was something to take very easily, or at least, or to calm. Uh, but no, they, 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 they or, well, or himself, as representing the, the group, uh, chose to, to, to react like that. That means that something, not, not everything is good when you are the leaders and you are the leaders for so, so long, for so long, that should be something that makes you happy. Yeah. Right? Indeed, it does. Um, and it also means that Pablo Perez is an idiot, but we sort of suspected that all along. Um, perhaps not quite as idiotic, though, but it might not even have been the most idiotic thing that a, an important Boca Juniors player did in the last seven days, because Carlos Tevez didn't feature in this match due to injury. I promised Handapod Extra listeners um, on Monday uh, more explanation and more detail as to why. Um, Andres, would you like to... <laughs> To fill them in. Well, but I don't think I will add a lot of uh, information to, to the the well the rumors or the the the, me, the, the information that appeared in the media. But uh, apparently he uh, got injured, which is something that the club should should well uh, should see or should should uh, analyze because he got injured apparently playing a match in a jail. 
going yeah. to visit a friend of him. He, he, I, I read it was, I can't remember whether it was his half-brother or his cousin, oh. um, uh, one of the Martinez's, um, who he went to visit in jail and he got sort of talked into joining in a friendly 20-minute kick-around or something which quickly escalated and became slightly less friendly. Um, one of the guys booted him in the ankle several times or something. Um, and then he afterwards went back to the club and told them that he'd gone to the gym and picked up an injury. Which is suspicious, but... Uh, uh, well, uh, the club. I think the club will pass this over because... Uh, because it's also, Carlos Tevez. Also in the media, it has been told that he is a friend, personal friend, apart from the uh, relationship between the president and the player. Hmm. He's a personal friend of Daniel Angelisi. And there were rumors that before, after the match they lost against River, in which Daniel Angelisi went to the adversaries and, and, and uh, shouted at the players, um, that Tevez had, had, had dinner with, uh, with him, uh, with Angelisi. Uh, so uh, I don't think they will do anything with this, but uh, yes, it's something strange and, well, uh, adds some more to the Boca even when they are about to be to be champions. Mm. It did. Emmanuel Reynoso was um, Tevez's uh, replacement in the number 10 role uh, in behi- behind the two strikers against his old club, against Tacheres. And uh, he sort of, it was a quiet performance. Yes. So okay. it was it's better, better really than the way the, he started. When he started, was uh, even perhaps, I will say, shy mm. and, and, or perhaps wasn't capable of showing the things why he, he was brought, uh, brought by Boca. Now, he was a bit better, not that uh, Reynoso that played for Tacheres, but a bit better. And uh, playing for against Tacheres, well, that perhaps makes something in the player, because uh, at, it was there, uh, the team for, from Cordoba, since uh, um, up to... Uh, very, very few, very, I mean, very, uh, a couple of months ago, or yeah, what? Yeah, I think January was yes. when he signed for them, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was, uh, he, he actually said before the game, it's going to be nice, because I'm going to need to see my old uh, teammates again. Mm. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's polite, it's perhaps slightly naive, but then he's only young to uh, say that kind of thing right before a big match. But uh, the outcome, anyway, is as we say, Boca are nine points clear at the top of the league, there are 18 points to play for. They might only be eight points clear by this time. Oh, no, not by this time tomorrow, because this time tomorrow the first half will be being played. But by Wednesday night, because on Wednesday night, Independiente and San Lorenzo play the game that those two teams have in hand uh, due to Independiente's Recopa Sudamericana participation earlier in the season. You will recall that the match between them got postponed. Um, so that's being played on Wednesday. And if San Lorenzo win that game, they will go to just eight points behind Boca. Only eight points behind with six matches to go. Um, so essentially, Boca are the champions elect, if not the official champions just yet. This is good, sorry to no. interrupt you, uh, because we, we, we didn't invent the powder. Uh, it was easy also to predict, as well as Arsenal being releg- uh, relegated, for Boca to be the champions. But we predicted this. Uh, when they, I think, uh, when Sarenzo lost the match, I think, um, because I predicted for Argentina friendlies that they would win against Italy 2-0, and they won 2-0, but mm-hmm. they predicted, I, I also predicted 1-1, one, one, 
draw against Spain and they lost 6-1. Yes. So uh, until uh, after that mistake uh, by myself to have predicted that Boca will be the champions and to be close to be champions, that is something, well, at least I, 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 I uh, was accurate with that. You've rescued some pride yes. if that happens. Uh, I went for a 3-1 win for Argentina, remember, against Spain. So, you know, you could have gone worse. Um, moving on from the champions-elect... San Lorenzo themselves, who, who could go second, um, got a rather pedestrian 2-0 win over Lanús. Lanús were on top for quite long bits of that match, really, in terms of possession and in terms of moving the ball into the right kind of bits of the pitch, um, but simply weren't as clinical getting it into the net, basically. Nicolas Blandi opened the scoring shortly before half-time, and then there was an own goal from Nicolas Paschini, who deflected a cross from... I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was um, Gabriel, uh, uh, Gabriel Rojas, wasn't it? Um, no, but I think... Net. I, oh, it was Gudinho, sorry. It was uh, not because Gabriel. it was from the right, yes. Yeah, uh, Gabriel Gudinho. Um, deflected that into the net uh, with sort of 10 minutes-ish to go. Um, an unfortunate defeat for Lanús, if an unsurprising one, given their form over the last few months, really. Uh, and a crucial one for San Lorenzo, particularly because, as I say, it, they didn't play especially well. Blandi's goal, one of the goals of the weekend, for sure. Uh, it's, it's up there with um, Martinez's free kick for Belgrano against Racing. Uh, look that up. It, it's a both, scissor kick at the end of the length yes. of the pitch counter-attack, which was lightning quick. It was Both goals that could have been scored by, by Cristiano Ronaldo, now that everyone <laughs> is talking uh, since... Two hours ago, he scored a magnificent goal from a bicycle kick. Uh, well, the goal from Blandi and from Benitez uh, could have been scored by him also. Yeah, they're on that similar level. Yes. Uh, well, maybe not quite similar level to that, but um, not far off. Uh, so have a look for them. Um, Independiente's defeat to Atletico Tucumán was, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, a very surprising result. Atletico Tucumán... Um, of course are a decent team but you don't expect Independiente to lose 2-0 at home and it's you know I thought immediately after the game oh, maybe Independiente sort of have one eye on, on this upcoming game against San Lorenzo in midweek but Atletico Tucumán have got a game tomorrow as well they're playing in the Copa Libertadores um, so it can't just be that Guillermo Acosta scored both of the goals the, the little man possibly the littlest man on the pitch in fact I think from midfield so well done him and I thought throughout Atletico just looked good yeah, but I think Independiente, at least where I watch, is was was uh, had several problems in defense, yeah. uh, having a bad uh, at least uh, pro- progress in the field with their defenders, uh, giving balls to, to their rivals and that. So well, there, I, I think that even the so the the, the worst no uh, news for Independiente is the the injury from Mesa, Maxi Mesa. Yes, he has a, remind me, something, it, it's going to be out for about four weeks, isn't it? Oh, I, I haven't uh, like uh, uh, read about their diagnosis or... Was it his what? knee? He had, he had oh. to go off uh, quite sort of, yeah, just before half time, five minutes before the break, to be replaced by Fernando Gaibor. Um, and I think he's, uh, he's not out for as long as it looked like he might be when he was in tears on the pitch. Um, yes, because we are two months... To go for the for the World Cup precisely, yeah, and he was uh, possibly in the squad, given that he was pretty much the only Argentina player to escape the the match against Spain with any dignity, really. 
but this is going to happen uh, when we are getting closer as perhaps players that like Mesa that haven't uh, well perhaps six months ago or one year ago he didn't even dream uh, of, of playing a World Cup to be so so to be there almost there uh, pressure perhaps goes higher and, and they can be nervous and, and, and th those injuries could come because of the stress and yeah no but, absolutely yeah. but yes I think the Vente was war, was uh, awful in defense that's the key point of the of the defeat yes it is um, and it's a defeat which leaves them I mean if they won the match then they would be up there in that pretend title race they'd be level on points with San Lorenzo going into that match against San Lorenzo tomorrow as it is they're three behind they're down in sixth level on points but behind Racing on goal difference um, and the divide between them is not just goal difference it's also the fact that Racing are in the Copa Libertadores spots and Independiente are in the Copa Sudamericana qualifying spots so that at least is one race that's going to be interesting to continue paying attention to in the next few weeks uh, because it's really 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 tight and a team who would love to get into the Copa Sudamericana spots and now find themselves only two points off them after not looking like having a chance of qualifying for continental football via the league a few weeks ago are River Plate, who, having previously, for really a few months, tended to start games by playing about 20 minutes quite well and then fall off as soon as they conceded the inevitable goal and just slump to defeat and if they were really lucky sometimes a draw did the opposite this time around. They played 20 minutes quite poorly. They conceded a goal uh, 10 minutes in against Defensivus Dicia. And then after around the 20-25 minute-ish mark, they improved enormously and ended up winning quite comfortably 3-1 away to Defensa. Um, Defensivus Dicia's goal is, is another one that is well worth looking up on YouTube if you haven't seen it from Fernando Marquez. It's, it's a beautiful counter-attacking uh, goal which slices right through the middle it, it was helped a little bit by Javier Pinola completely missing uh, what should have been a relatively simple through ball uh, but apart from that it was a really nice move and if I am not wrong the one who uh, assisted the Fernandez who also then assisted the Marquez was their second uh, centre back Barreiro I think uh, so mm. that proves the way they, they played perhaps uh, uh, they, it doesn't have to be a, an enganche or well, a midfielder, but also the defenders can play uh, in attack. Yeah, absolutely. It's total football from the yes. this year. Um, River fought back and got an equaliser through Gonzalo Martinez for a penalty half an hour in. Javier Pinola gave them um, a lead at half-time, which I thought was perhaps a little bit generous. They, they had to yes. say they'd, they'd improved a lot in the last 20 minutes of the half, and Pinola scored with vir virtually the last kick of the... Well, the last header, in fact, of the half. If I it was a header, wasn't it? No, it was almost a blooper. Oh, no, it was scrambled he, in, wasn't it? I was thinking, yes, it was a corner, but yeah. yes. He almost stumbled, and, and the ball perhaps was to him, and in, in fact, in in, uh, in spite of, of him pushing the ball or, or, or kicking it or, or shooting it, mm. it was the ball that, uh, like a flipper, uh, and then Pinola pushed the ball and, and it, it uh, went into the net. Yeah, and then uh, eight minutes into the second half, Lucas Prato scored the goal, which pays back every single one of the 11 or 12 or 13 million yes. dollars that River spent on him. His second goal for the club since signing in January. Um, and River, after that, just had... Excuse me. I'm going to plug the mosquito thing in at the break, I think, because I'm starting to get bitten. And River, after that, just had a, a fairly simple um, task of, of playing things out, and, and they did it. Fine. I mean, they have one eye clearly on 
Thursday night's match against is it Independiente Santa Fe in yes. the Copa Libertadores, um, where they were you know they spent the last half hour of the game with a two goal cushion and thinking well there's no point risking this too much because we don't want to hurt ourselves for that game. Um, we are slowly uh, forgetting about Quintero perhaps. He had the flu. The squad. And oh, he had the flu. Okay. Yes. I was wondering why he wasn't there. Still down. I think he won't be called up for, for uh, the day after tomorrow. Uh, so, because he's uh, just has, he has just recovered. Mm. But yes, uh, he didn't play on Sunday because of that. Or he wasn't called. I don't think he, he w- was going to play uh, in the starting eleven anyway. As Gachardo apparently found, like the we say here, Once de Memoria, or the team that they he can usually put in the in the, in the, in the matches. Yeah. And it's almost the same players. So uh, Quintero wouldn't have been also, uh, even uh, been the, in the starting lineup, but well, that's he wasn't called because of that. I, I'm in two minds about this. On the one hand, I think Quintero, from what we've seen of him, is, is such a an entertaining footballer. I'm going to continue to think it's a real shame that we don't see him in the starting lineup. On the other hand, his arrival appears to have given Nacho Fernandez a boot up the ass to actually start playing properly again. Um, because Fernandez has been much better since since Quintero came in, so maybe he's realised that the yes. competition for the place is now real, um, and and that's what he needed. And also Gonzalo Martinez similarly um, yes. has has improved enormously. He, he was really really good. Yes, yeah, so Gonzalo Martinez Sunday. now is in a kind of uh, not polemic, but uh, it ha- has been has been saying a lot of uh, well sides that uh, he will he wasn't able or he didn't want to. To renew his contract in order to uh, make his release close, close higher, mm. because River knows that uh, in the winter break and after the World Cup, there will be several teams that won't will uh, want uh, Martinez to sign Martinez, and the way he's playing right now, it makes sense, and that the there were rumors that he didn't want to do so because a higher release clause will mean that less teams will. Uh, want him because yeah. uh, now that, that clause is 15 million euro or dollars I don't know uh-huh. and River wants to make it 22 which, which I think that is a decent price for the way he's playing right now mm. at least yeah. uh, but well now he said that he, he's not blocking any any renewal and that he will do it well it's something that is happening now thank you for that um Racing and the big five side who we haven't yet talked about. They, as we already mentioned, drew 2-2 away to Belgrano. Juan Musso with an own goal. He's the goalkeeper. He turned in a cross or sort of went in off his elbow as he was going down to try to smother it. Um, 27 minutes in. Ricky Centurion equalised almost immediately um, to that. And then Leonardo Sigali gave Racing a 2-1 lead early in the second half. Before that, fantastic Marcelo Benitez free kick, which you should definitely look up. And... Just in case you thought that Pablo Perez scoring the winning goal, having already got a silly yellow card, was going to be the only combination of those events taking place this weekend in the Superliga. Ricky Centurion got himself sent off for two yellow cards in about 30 seconds um, towards the end of the match. One was for a foul, I can't remember what happened, and then the other was just for yelling at the referee and sort of going, seriously, you're booking me for that. Really? That? And shouting in his face continually, so the referee booked him again and he was off. Um, Because... Ricky Centurion's an idiot. Yes, what can we say? Uh, Delfino, well, he could have not uh, be, been the, the best uh, referee or, well, uh, couldn't have been the uh, the best of his decisions, but he said 
centurion come down come down we I, i saw him or i read his his lips mm-hmm. saying uh, shut shut your mouth come down and he didn't do it so well uh, the the uh, as after that he of course uh, showed the shown the yellow second yellow card and the red one, red card if you're a footballer always listen to what the referee tells you yes would be my advice because he's the one who can send you off so maybe do what he thinks is a good idea um, other notable results from the weekend Vélez against Estudiantes I didn't manage to catch any of that one did you? me neither it's a so. pity it, they, they put it on on a Saturday lunchtime and you know it's the weekend and it's the only chance of the only time of the week that I get to see my girlfriend and whatnot because she works ridiculously long I, hours I could see and so we went out I could see um, the yeah, the video of the Superliga in which Pavone scored a very very nice goal uh, dribbling the the goal goalkeeper uh, in a in a stadium that fits or at least is good for him since mm. uh, in 2006 was the the year in which he scored for the uh, tiebreaker against Boca the final yeah uh, that sounds right yeah in at the Vélez uh, stadium mm. and now he played a, a, a similar goal because it was after he dribbled the the goalkeeper, it was of course the goal free for him to to to, to score, and then very very uh, tremendous goal from Mauro Sarte, who finally is uh, paying with goals. Uh, well, the the, the Mauro Sarte that Vélez went to or, or looked for. Yeah, and he played the whole game this time. Yes. say doesn't sub doesn't didn't sub him off. Um, after that, Pavone opener twelve minutes in. The next thing to happen. Uh, in, uh, the next important thing to happen uh, was that Vélez went down to 10 men Pavone of course scoring for Estudiantes uh, because Luis Abram Ugarelli was sent off um, very shortly afterwards Estudiantes made it 2-0 with a goal from Juan Otero and um, Rodrigo Salinas pulled one back for Vélez shortly before the break Sarate was in fact scored the equaliser as, yes. as you say just on the hour mark um, Matias Vargas made it 3-2 to Vélez and then Estudiantes equalised with about 10 minutes to go through Facundo Sánchez um, that looks like it was a very entertaining match yes. I wish I could offer more detail um, but unfortunately I didn't catch it because I was out as I say um, and it was one of those ones which I thought yeah that could go either way it could be really dull or it could be a very good game and I wasn't quite prepared to take the risk and of course then you get back in and you think ah yeah should have yes. watched that one uh, Argentinos beat Gimnasia in La Plata with two of the McAllister brothers scoring. Uh, one of these goals attracted, quite rightly, I think, some barracking for from Gimnasia's goalkeeper, um, who was uh, Alexis Martina Arias, of course, yes. yeah, Martin Arias, um, who gave the ball straight to, I can't remember which goal it was, uh, whether it was Kevin's or Alexis's, I think it was Kevin's. Um, just passed it straight to him he had, had a choice of two of his own defenders to give the ball to and he gave it to the only man in pretty much Gimnasia's half of the pitch he was wearing an Argentinos Junior shirt um, for the easiest goal he'll ever have to score the brother who did not score for Argentinos um, was I'm trying to work out Fernandez. Uh, so uh, the goal that uh, Arias gave the Argentinos as a gift almost was one of the Macalester yes. yes because Fernandez was the other I think Nicolas González ah, was, was sorry, well, the, the, the non-McAllister yes. scorer and the McAllister non-scorer was Francis McAllister who did play uh, him and Alexis both started the game on the bench 
Um, so the by the end of the game, all three of the brothers were on the pitch at the same time. That's interesting. That's also as much as we can really give you on that one because it was played at the same. T- oh, it was played just after Velas Estudiantes, but I also didn't catch it for some reason. Um, other than that, Andres, any other matches that you really wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. Is there any other? No, there was another late winner in Mendoza. The very last, oh. virtually the last kick of the entire weekend, Santiago Garcia. Uh, won the match for Godoy Cruz against Colón, making it 2-1. And that, I think, is the cue for us to go for a break to refill our glasses. And when we come back, we will discuss lots and lots and lots of your listeners' questions, or as many as you've sent anyway. So don't go away. have several questions one of them the first one is from Jamie who says are there further benefits planned for Patreon subscribers beyond Hop Extra the WhatsApp group was a good idea although I expect it might be a pain to administrate slash moderate the answer to those two points is yes there are um, as as I mentioned at the the top of the podcast um, other benefits planned one of which is going to be some form I think of live chat things so that certain people who are prepared to pay the amount that we want um, can join in at weekends and and uh, exchange um, gifs and banter and memes and whatnot between the uh, teams that you support, um, possibly through Facebook, possibly through uh, this thing that um, uh, that who was it who recommended it? Liam recommended Discord, which I'd never heard of before, but which looks like it might be a potential if I can work out how to work it. Um, we were, we're open to suggestions, so we'll see what happens. WhatsApp is not going to happen because we're not handing out our phone numbers to uh, lots of people who, no offence, but who we don't know and who might be able to get them by paying once and then they'll have our number forever. Live chat sounds, no, it's not like that, but sounds, at least sounds like uh, Sunday night live with some girl or something like that. Yeah, maybe it could be. Who knows? Uh, it may or may not be audio slash video enabled. Um, I was thinking more just something that a, a gang of core subscribers could take the piss out of each other on as much as anything with a little bit of input from occasional Hand of Pod team members um, but we shall see um, after a bit of a discussion there with a couple of other people about those things we then get to the questions Manuel Schweizer says um, Schweizer, sorry uh, says you guys were talking about Ascacibar as a central midfielder for Argentina I just want to give some feedback on him he's without any doubt one of the pillars in the current Stuttgart team especially his defensive ball-covering abilities have to be mentioned. He has role-player potential for the AFA. Thank you very much for that, Manuel, because I do watch the odd bit of Bundesliga, but I haven't caught any of Stuttgart this season. And that's a good uh, uh, commentary because I think that there is, for example, no no uh, replacement for Mascherano, who in the uh, last uh, friendless, he wasn't that good. <clears throat> You've got a mosquito buzzing around oh. the back of your head, Andres. Sorry, I was uh, oh, sorry. I was trying to resist the temptation to slap you in the head, but carry on. Yes, Mascherano, uh, I think not that good is being kind, to be honest. Well, yes, uh, I was. I didn't want to say disaster, but yes, he was. 
Um, so yes, to to know how uh, other players have been playing uh, is good, but uh, the problem is that he, this uh, this very message should be handled to to Sampaoli, who apparently is not very uh, well. He's not looking for players in that position. He should, as uh, well, Biglia Mascherano is not a good, uh, uh, I think, pair of players for that position in matches, in hot matches or matches that have a high difficulty. And, well, uh, the other day, uh, Lanús uh, supporters, uh, I think they hung uh, a, a banner or a flag saying uh, San Paoli Marcone is Argentino, is Argentine, uh, which is true, and Marcone has been playing in some matches uh, for national team, but uh, Lanús is not playing that well, and he's in, the, in Lanús. So to separate Marconi from Lanús is, is difficult. We should watch matches from Stuttgart, which is not possible. Uh, but I, 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 I would like Sapoli to watch that, that matches. Yeah, uh, they, they get uh, covered occasionally. The Bundesliga gets shown on Fox Sports and ESPN, but it's obviously less frequently shown than uh, the Premier League and, and La Liga. Here, So it's a bit tricky to, to watch all of them. Um, the other question, uh, Bob Roberts has, has suggested uh, that we mention a uh, website giving access to in HD to all Argentine Primera League matches live and on replay, video on demand, plus Libertadores and Sudamericana games uh, for $10 per month. Uh, I would love to mention it. I have been advised by somebody who works with them, not for them, uh, that this website uh, probably aren't going to be up for sponsoring us and given how cheap it would be for them to sponsor Hand of Pod compared with the amount of money that they take in, I am therefore loath to actually give out the name. But if you check our Twitter feeds, um, my Twitter feed particularly, I've mentioned them a couple of times on there, um, and, and have a bit of a Google, I'm sure that you can find this this service. Um, it is available worldwide, as far as I can work out. It's also available in Europe. You don't get all of the games, depending on where you are. You get different packages. Um, but it's one that you should have a look for. Uh, obviously, if you want to check our mentions on Twitter, you'll find Bob's tweet fairly recently, and you'll be able to find the actual URL of the site there as well. Um, Ron the Tron says, any chances of Rodrigo Battaglia for sporting, of sporting for number five? He's definitely better than Biglia. Could Battaglia be another option? I mean, again, the Portuguese yes. league gets shown considerably less often than the Bundesliga. We get one or two matches maybe a month um, from that on television. Down it would be good for, for these matches to be uh, broadcasted here since I remember, or I recall, Shanghai Shenhua matches to be uh, broadcasted when Tevez was there. Yeah, Fox Sports got them, didn't they, early on in yeah. the morning. Uh, and Battaglia himself, I mean... This would be Rodrigo Battaglia of Huracan, wouldn't it, a couple of years ago? Yes, uh, he didn't play, or he his uh, matches, or at least the way, or when he stayed he, at Huracan wasn't uh, remarkable, or wasn't that good. But uh, when we say that there are players in that position in the midfield that uh, perhaps deserve at least to be watched because Mascherano and Miglia uh, aren't doing things. Very good. Well, uh, Bataglia and Casibar are, are players that play in that position and, and they aren't being even watched. I don't say called, called up. Yeah. Um, so obviously we can't really give an opinion on Bataglia himself, but the question any chances is, is, I mean, to be honest, probably not for the reasons that Andres says. It, it's, it is difficult to 
keep track of all of the Argentines abroad, but the ones who are in relatively big leagues, um, you would think that there'd be a little bit more thinking outside the box on them. That's, that's something, you know, it's not just something that, that's, well, that, that San Paoli is guilty of. It's something the last few Argentina managers really have been guilty of. And it's something that managers in Argentina, or ma- rather managers of Argentina, the national team, are going to have to start getting a bit better at because increasingly Argentines are going to be playing in all sorts of other, um, you know, less visible, let's say, uh, leagues. It's not just going to be a few of the elite in the massive clubs and then most of the others down here. Um, it, it's going to be more and more uh, playing for no offence whatsoever of course meant to, to sporting um, but more and more of them playing for clubs like sporting and to Stuttgart and so on um, where they're, they're a little bit less visible than if they were playing for Benfica, Porto Bayern, Borussia Dortmund and so on um, Well at uh, Guido Pizarro even was uh, was not only watched but also called up and he's Mexico uh, it's not the, the strongest leagues Uh, like in Europe, in in in, in the planet, but uh, uh, if you have a very a very good level or decent level uh, in any league, or well, it's not uh, India, it's Mexico. Mm. Uh, if you compare that to the levels that they are showing, as as, as we are saying, Mascherano, Villa, well, uh, I think to consider them. Yeah, no, I mean the other thing is you, you say quite rightly it's 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 not India, which might sound a little bit dismissive, but it's worth bearing in mind that Mascherano got called up and he's playing in fucking China. Yes, and Lamezzi before him got called up right after moving to China. I mean, you know, if 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 these people are going to go to, no offense to our Chinese listeners, but if these people are going to go to the Chinese Super League, is it called? Um, they can't seriously expect their elite level um, national team careers to continue for a team who expects the kind of level from their players that Argentina do. And every fortune, the team in which Machirano is, uh, they lose matches all, of, all the time, with even with players that I don't think, I think Hernanes, the Brazilian, uh, well, Davetsi, I, I think Gervinho, the one from Ivory Coast, if I am not wrong. I'm looking them up now. Let's see whether we can get their um, squad. Up here, uh, that'll do. Spanish language page, but that's fine. I read Spanish. Uh, their current squad: they have got Kim Yu jo- Kim Joo Young of South Korea, uh, Javier Mascherano of um, Argentina, um, Hernanes, yep, of Brazil, Stefan Nimbia of uh, Ghana. Please tell me that's a guy of Cameroon. Bloody hell, I'm getting my flags mixed up. They're very tiny. It's difficult to see them on the Wikipedia page. Ezequiel Avetsi. And yeah, you're quite right, Gervinho. And uh, Luis Carlos Bertini of Peru as well. Um, so they have some foreigners. And some of those foreigners are foreigners that we've heard of. Um, and yet they're still losing, apparently. Yes. Quite a lot. So, yeah. What can so you say? So Sabali... getting picked, getting yes. picked, playing for them in midfield, where he hasn't played in midfield at elite level for as I said last week, five or six years, and there's no looking for players like Battaglia, especially like Ascaciba, who's been in Argentina really, really recently, and who was playing at a fantastic level, who was on the verge of national team inclusion when he was playing for Estudiantes. Yes. Um, I think it is faintly ridiculous that these players are not in the conversation. But right now, Mascherano is in the midfield or he's out of the team because uh, Otamendi and Fasio look like they have their place secure for, for, for Russia. Uh, and... 
playing with Bachano Miglia or at least with the excuse that there is no replacement or not substitute for Mascherano, I think that is the only thing that keeps him in the team. It's the only reason. Yeah. The other thing that we heard uh, on this note very fairly recently, um, I can't remember who it was who tweeted me last week to let me know, um, but that's a couple of things that we, a couple of times recently we've mentioned that Ezequiel Garay had um, told the Argentine, um, Argentine, uh, um, what's the word, um, technical staff, that he didn't want to be called up anymore for fitness reasons. And he gave an interview last week, which somebody pointed out to me, thank you very much, whoever it was, I can't remember, as I say, um, saying that that's rubbish, that he'd never said that, and therefore that he is very much available to be picked for Argentina if Jorge Sampaoli wants to pick him, which would be a huge boost to Argentina's defence, I think, given that he's possibly the best Argentine centre-back playing at the moment. Um, maybe alongside Otamendi, but but I'd certainly have him over Fasio. Um if he's available, I think that Sam Pauli has to look very carefully at, um, at, at calling him up, even though he hasn't featured under Sam Pauli um, for the national team yet. I, I think and, it would be silly. And as we mention names, different names, or uh, na- uh, players that we, we think that pos- could possibly be uh, considered by Sam Pauli, uh, for the midfield, I, I, for- I completely forgot about Kranaviter. Perhaps it's not their best performances at even Senate, which is... Uh, Russia uh, again talking about the, the the leagues which is not the strongest league he plays with Rigoni with Paredes with Mamana uh, with several Argentinian fellows and yeah, well it, it feels like that they've, they've moved to a club where visibility is a little bit lower from yes. the Argentine point of view but it really shouldn't be when there are that number of Argentines playing yes. for them I mean they should be one of the clubs that San Paolo is going out of his way to consider. They might be, you know, it, yes. it might be that he is looking at them and he's just deciding, no, th- th- these guys aren't operating on quite the in quite the way that I want or on quite the level that I want. Yes. Um, but you know, we, we we don't know. But if if the reason is visibility, um, which is certainly the reason they're not being talked about in the press, yes. uh, then then it really shouldn't be because when you have that number of players who have played here recently, who the Argentine public know who the Argentine public in many cases love because they played for many of their clubs um, yeah, they term, ought to be giving them in terms of visibility Machano is in the team because he had played for seven years at, at Barcelona because mm. if, for the actual team is heavy fortune from China which is less visibility than Pizarro than Granaviter than uh, Ascasibar because well uh, this is it indeed but none of those players are national team legends due to what they did a few years ago so Tough luck. Um, I don't. I, unless you can think of any other points that we've missed this week, anything off the pitch that's been happening? No, apart from Centurion, from Tevez. Well, Centurion was on the pitch, but uh, I think it's something that continues the yeah. episode that the his, the his red card we mentioned, Tevez's injury we mentioned as well. Well, uh, the, 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 there was a, a lawsuit. Uh, now at River oh bloody hell yes I completely forgot yes. uh, we mentioned the case at Independiente last week thank you for reminding me Andres um, we mentioned the case at Independiente last week uh, the the sexual abuse slash child prostitution case um, if you didn't hear last week's episode go back and, and listen to the second half of that and English Dan and I were taking you through that and uh, we mentioned last week that the public prosecutor taking charge of that case was quite convinced that this was going to be something that had was going to turn out to have happened at other clubs as well. Um, 
and on it was yesterday wasn't it on Monday um, a former doctor at River Plate came out and said that she was aware of at least three cases she's aware of three cases there are, there are at least three cases between 2007 and 2011 um, when uh, there was child abuse going on at well sorry three cases of child abuse three three kids who were abused um, uh, at, 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 at River and they have been uh, searched by the police today. I think it was three hours and 20 minutes they spent on River's premises um, looking around. Obviously, River have, have been along to the, the um, courts and, and uh, uh, cooperating with all the investigations. And as we said last week, independent, they didn't know about those investigations. The current River board um, were not in charge at River when this happened. This would have happened under Passarella's watch, wouldn't it? Yes, 2004 um, to 2012, which is yeah. for one year uh, that these board members are safe. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something else to bear in mind that uh, or to be aware of that uh, we've already had the second example of the club. She also said that some of these players were in the first team. Now, no. Oh, well, I don't. I didn't, didn't I know think that. Th there was something or other about how at least one of the players involved was in, in, in this uh, this new case was was now a River first team squad member. Uh, she didn't name any names, obviously. What I read is that uh, this person who went to the to the club and uh, abused of of the kids uh, was not uh, a man nor a woman not a, nor a woman. It was well. How do you mean? Uh, she male. I see. Okay. That's um, that, that's what I read. So I don't know. Uh, of course, the name of that of that person is also reserved, or at least uh, I think it's been part of the investigation. So impossible to know that. Mm. Um. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date with more details of that in in the Independiente investigation. I'm not sure that there have been any more details that have come out publicly in the last week. Um since we last recorded uh, but we will keep you abreast of all developments in this ongoing story um, because as we said last week it would be quite surprising if we have heard everything um, and if we have heard of every club where this has happened so far unfortunately um, the next music that you hear oh we've got one more question in fact sorry because uh, Jimmy um, sorry James no that's not wait hang on where's the email I'm trying to find uh, yes Jimmy Jimmy Lee um, has a couple of questions before taking part in the mystical predictions. So his first question is, I hear very little talk about Frank Kudelka in the national media. How come he doesn't get more praise for the job he's done at Tacheres? He's the best manager in Argentina. This is coming from a Belgrano fan. He took over in 2015 when Tacheres were in the Federal A. Immediately got them promoted to Nacional B and then won that league the next year. Now in just their second year in the Primera, they're playing the defending champ they played the defending champions toe-to-toe -to -toe and probably deserved a draw. Um, Jimmy asks is there any talk about Kudelka taking over at a bigger club or even coaching in Europe he's from Cordoba so perhaps he'll never leave Tacheres but he should be getting offers to manage at almost every club in Argentina and many others in the world as we mentioned earlier I think I would take issue with the idea that Tacheres went toe to toe with Boca I would agree that they possibly deserved a draw but I was slightly disappointed by their approach to that match um, but undoubtedly Kudelka's done a massive massive job with them uh, hugely impressive um, I think that the plain and simple answer as to how come he doesn't get more praise for the job he's done there is A. Tacheres are not a greater Buenos Aires side um, B. Kudelka as far as I'm aware didn't play at any great level certainly not for any of the big five um, 
if he had, then we'd be hearing much, much, much more about him. Yes, but well, that's I think that doesn't uh, ban him from uh, being the coach of a more important team. More important, I mean, the one of the big five because Tacheres is a big team, um, at least from the interior. But um, I, I like coaches that also, apart from uh, uh, making their teams talk by themselves. I mean, uh, if a team plays well, that it's like the coach talking, but with the players. But mm. I like also the the, t the coaches that like and, and they explain very well their ideas and they are clear and and uh, and I think Kudelka is one of them. Uh, so yes, I for me, I don't see see him in Europe, but yes, but I see him uh, in a bigger team or big team from the from Buenos Aires at, at least. Yeah, and the other thing is, I mean. As I say, he, if he was from Buenos Aires, if he played for Buenos Aires teams, if he was managing a team in Buenos Aires now, we'd be hearing much more about him in the media. Yes, but the fact that we're not hearing that much about him now doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have a chance of getting a, a job with, say, the Big Five. Um, if, you know, which kind of Big Five jobs are likely to come up in the near future? Well, Gasharado for the moment seems safe at River now that he's turned them around. Um, but maybe if, if, if he'd gone at the end of this season, Goodelka could be a reasonable replacement for him Barros Esquilotto who knows yes you have to perhaps mention I don't know Falcioni who uh, hasn't played for Boca River uh, uh, well and he was the coach of Boca and, they, and he was the champion when uh, Boca was champion when uh, he was mm. in the bench so well uh, he had previously be, been the coach of Vélez uh, uh, Olimpo Independ well Independiente that's true uh, which is perhaps uh, something different than Kudelka, who hasn't been uh, coach of any of the big fights. Yeah, and also but Banfield. And, I mean, OK, yes. he won the league with Banfield yes, uh, before, yes, before Banfield William Boca. But, um, but, I mean, he, all of those clubs that you've mentioned are, are clubs from the Buenos Aires area immediately as yes. well, so they're, they're instantly more, more visible to newspaper editors and sub-editors and, and the kind of people who run the Olay website, for example, which is still... The biggest um, sports. Yeah, Kudelka will have more perhaps uh, uh, pages in uh, in La Voz del Interior, which uh, perhaps a well-known newspaper, but from Córdoba, not yeah. from Buenos Aires. Precisely. Um, Jimmy's other question was: Did you guys see the 90-minute debate between Pocho Bignolo and the referee from the Boca Tacheres match, uh, Fernando Beligoy? Where do you stand on this? I just found it hilarious and a good lesson as to why you don't bring a referee onto a sports debate show, but it made for great TV. Um, no. no, I didn't see it. If, if it involves Pocho Vignolo, I tried not to watch it. I well, were, I, I only watched a, a screenshot mm. of the preview of the video in which uh, it was on YouTube, uh, saying that uh, well, Vignolo told Beligoy uh, that he he was uh, he played bad badly, and Beligoy saying Vignolo, well, you are a bad commentator. <laughs> so. Uh, when I saw, I watched that. Uh, I said, "Well, I won't. I won't watch this." Benigoy has just gone up in my estimation. I will admit that. Uh, but no, by and large, as I say, I, I try not to watch anything involving Vignolo. Uh, obviously, the football when he's commentating yes. is is not really avoidable. But um, the uh, the debates and the chat. Shows yes, the, and stuff. The, the 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 ones that are with him. When Fo Fox Sports Radio is is tolerable. I find yes because there are so many other people. They kind of drown out. The but that program, that TV show, no, ninety minutes of football translated into English mm. uh, there, are, there are people in that program in that TV show 
when River played with Universidad de Chile uh, uh, friendly when they, it was the FIFA date yeah uh, FIFA. A week and a half ago the, the yes. Copa Conosur the, the, the team uh, the uh, team, teammates know the the workmates of the the journalist that covers River said well bring some electronic uh, uh, devices from Chile that was the commentary from from the teammates or uh -huh. the mates of of the, the ones who covers River so that's they're much the, cheaper in Chile than they yeah. are in Argentina for yeah that's the level teams. of the discussion there indeed um, now we're going to have some mystical theme music and when I come back I'm going to read out Mystic Jimmy's predictions and Mystic Sam's as well for the weekend to come and indeed the midweek to come so don't go away Okay, last week I beat Mystic Ahmed 7-5 in the prediction battle, so Jimmy is the next to taste my wrath. Um, he is adventurously deciding to predict a match he didn't have to predict, but I'm going to go along with it as well and predict it, so there are 15 predictions to go. Uh, the first of those is Independiente versus San Lorenzo, which is the hangover from round 12 or 13, uh, which is being played on Wednesday night. He's going for a draw. I am going to go for a San Lorenzo victory for that one. Uh, on Friday, Jimmy is going for Tigre to beat Gimnasia at home. I'm going to call that one a draw. And he's going for Argentinos versus Union to be a draw. I'm going to call that one an Argentinos Juniors win. On Saturday, Jimmy's going Belgrano to claim an away win over Central. I think that Central are going to win that one. Tempele versus Lanús. Jimmy says Lanús. I say Lanús as well. Uh, Colón versus Vélez, Jimmy says Colón, so do I. Banfield versus Olimpo, Jimmy's going for Banfield, and because I'm not an idiot, I'm going for Banfield as well. And Boca versus Defensa Justicia on Saturday evening, Jimmy's going Boca, and I'm also going Boca. This is really difficult to... Um, <sighs> the Saturday matches, I've only gone for Central Belgrano separately, uh, differently from Jimmy. It's really difficult to find some daylight here, isn't it? Sunday. San Lorenzo versus Godoy Cruz. Jimmy is going Godoy Cruz on the basis that he's guessing San Lorenzo might play some reserves. I'm going to go for a draw in that match. San Martin against Huracan. Jimmy reckons it'll be a draw. I'm going to go for Huracan to snatch a win. Atletico Tucumán against Newells. Jimmy's going for an Atletico victory. So am I. Tacheres against Independiente. We're both going for Tacheres to win. And Racing versus River on Sunday night. Both of us are going to go for a, a River win in that one. On Monday, Arsenal played Patronato and Jimmy reckons Patronato will win. I, in order to stop the slightly embarrassing fact that I seem to be copying all of Jimmy's predictions, I'm going to go for a draw, even though I don't actually think it'll happen. And Estudiantes versus Chacarita Juniors. Jimmy's going for Estudiantes and I'm going to go for Estudiantes as well. Um... All of those results together, I'm just looking at the, the relegation-threatened teams, um, who are Chacarita, um, Tempele, and Olimpo, I believe, let's see, that if Jimmy's predictions are all right, then those teams all go down. And I think I went for the same predictions in those matches. Um, so by this time next week, we might be commenting on an even more boring Superliga table than before. 
Hopefully next season is a bit more interesting. Hopefully next season isn't wrapped up five weeks before the end of the season. I think the most interesting uh, fight will be in the Libertadores and Sudamericana places mm. as well. The relegation is... Yeah, because it's, it's also tight there between yes. sort of third or fourth place and about 13th or 14th. Um, the rest of it is, is really not particularly interesting at all uh, all the same there are still some entertaining matches each weekend so if you're going to be watching any of them please enjoy them um, listen continue to listen for a few seconds after the final theme tune if you want to know the result of Universidad de Chile versus Racing Club in the Copa Libertadores which is just about to kick off as we finish well it's kicking off in 10 minutes or, or 25 minutes um, as we finish recording this um, and for now it's goodbye from Andres goodbye thank you and goodbye from me goodbye and thank you here is that full time result from Racing in Santiago de Chile uh, Universidad de Chile 1 Racing 1 a pretty entertaining game in which Racing played the last 20 or 30 minutes down a man um, due to a red card from, I'm just trying to remind myself because I forgot, Diego Gonzalez. So they did well to play out for the result there, although Universidad de Chile, bizarrely not throwing too many men forward when they had the one-man advantage at home and only drawing during that last half hour. <laughs>